you know how sometimes people will kind of slug off certain things slug off no slag off <laughs> i don't know what the word i'm looking for is there <laughs> like but when it comes to like <laughs> i do not like slug off <laughs> slug off hey why don't you go slug off so i was slugging off the other day <laughs> there's your cold open Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. <laughs> I'm Nick Pronto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, what's up? What, what do you mean, what's up? I You're supposed it. to say, it. how's it going? <laughs> I changed it. It's totally different now. Uh, what's up? Not much. Life is very similar to how it was last week. How are you, Nick? Oh, you know, I'm good. Cool. I went back to work this week after my time off, mm. and so I have not seen nearly as many movies as I did last week. Neither have I. I've only seen one movie this week. Oh, good. I have seen two, so maybe we'll be in and out of this. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome uh, back movies this week in film. Half hour version. <laughs> the movies that I saw include Captain Marvel from 2019 and Alien Covenant from 2017. Oh, wow. You actually like just followed right through on that hmm. <laughs> all right uh i saw a movie called the hole in the ground oh from 2019 I know anything about that you know what i didn't either except for that somewhere along the way i must have seen it in a list on some sort of youtube video because it was in my list of movies to watch well i was gonna say since we have both seen captain marvel and you saw the alien covenant movie that's true. Right? Yes, I saw both of them. Should I start? Why don't we save those for the end and you begin with your hole in the ground? Okay. And yeah, we'll save the, the spoily stuff for later. So um, The Hole in the Ground is a movie available on Amazon Prime. Maybe it's available elsewhere too, but it was free on Prime for now until I quit my Amazon subscription because Amazon's jerks. Anyway, for now, it's free on Amazon Prime. And I will read you the description that was there on Amazon Prime. It says, a woman suspects that her son, who returned home after disappearing in the woods, is an imposter. And I got to say, that is a very effective description for the movie. You mm -hmm. kind of know what you're in for. But this movie's pretty good. Like this, it, it's, I, I was like, I don't know why this is on my list. But all right, the description sounds all right. We'll see what happens here. Uh, kind of low expectations going in. But this is a pretty simple movie. It does follow that plot. I'm not sure exactly what the backstory is. They, they kind of give it to you in pieces that she was in a pretty crappy relationship with this kid's dad. And I think either he left or, or she left him. So it seems like they're new to the house they're in. But they're out in the woods and discover this giant crater. And then the kid sort of like goes like sleepwalking or something like that, sort of goes away for the night, comes back, and she's like, oh, where were you? And he's like, oh, I was here the whole time. She's like, what? I don't think you were. And anyway, it kind of follows this plot of like, seems like an imposter. And so this is kind of a different way to have a movie 
where a kid's possessed because he's, he's not possessed by a demon or anything, but it's sort of got a similar feel, except for some reason, I don't know exactly what the effective elements are in this movie. I look forward to watching it again sometime and trying to kind of keep an eye out for like, what's making this as creepy as it is? Because this is a very effectively creepy movie. Maybe it's partly the acting because the mom and the kid, they're both really good individual performances, but they also have really good chemistry together. And when it's the two of them before he he kind of gets turned or twisted or whatever you want to call it, the two of them are, you get enough time with them and enough effective setting, exposition setting stuff, like these little hints and ways that they interact, that it's really believable. You can kind of get a sense of what their relationship is like really well. So maybe, maybe that's a big part of why the movie ends up being so effective, just because it you can kind of really settle into it at the beginning. And you know, I'm not a huge fan of kid actors, but this, this kid does a really good job. I think their way of, I know I just said that, you know, it's effective for setting the stage and maybe sucking you in a bit, but it's also helpful exposition stuff so that later as things happen, you know, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm like, man, this really feels like why this is so effective. They can drop changes. They can drop these hints of the kid being different that aren't, they don't feel like they're just hitting you over the head. They don't feel like, even if some of them are kind of tropes, they don't feel like tropes because they feel more personal to like this kid, his behavior. So when he does something different, it's like, oh, it's not just, you know, weird behavior. That's really off for this kid. And when the kid, when the kid starts acting strange, I'm like, it's very atmospherically creepy. So I would say if you can, I mean, you and Jill should watch this together. You'll probably both enjoy it as long as she enjoys like actually creepy movies. But I'd also say if you really want to creep yourself out, watch this by yourself. Cause there were a few times where I was like, Maybe I should turn my lights on. No, I'll just stay here. But I'm a big brave dog. If my lights turned themselves on, I wouldn't mind. (laughs) (laughs) That would be more terrifying than anything. (laughs) Well, if they turned off, that would be more terrifying than anything. If they turned on, I'd be like, huh, I don't like that they did that themselves. But now that they're on, okay. Thanks, ghost. And there's not a, a ton more t- for me to say about the movie itself, you know, like, like the plot or anything, because that would be nothing but spoilers. And it's all pretty straightforward. Like I said, it's not complicated, but everything's well done. When it came to looking for any bad elements or having anything that really like turned me off, there weren't any. Even when I tried to nitpick, I couldn't really come up with anything. The closest I could I could really recall were like things that could have gone badly. So like certain plot events that I might have that that I'd go like, oh, man, this could end up being stupid, but then it didn't. So I almost want to say this is a really good example of like if you wanted to do a horror movie and you wanted to learn how. Like, I, I'm not quite sure what all the elements are, but this movie does it so well that it'd be good for like teaching I can't really compare it to another movie in terms of tone. Like, it doesn't remind me of anything else. But I I would definitely recommend this. And (laughs) when it it came to, like, just notes on, like, weird little things, it's like, does every horror movie have to start with trees being filmed from the sky? And I think so. (laughs) I think it's... At this point, I think we've all agreed, yes. That's how every horror movie should start. You know how sometimes people will kind of slug off certain things slug off no slag off 
don't know what the word I'm looking for is there. <laughs> like, but when it comes to like, <laughs> I do not like slug off. <laughs> slug off. Hey, why don't you go slug off? So I was slugging off the other day. <laughs> um, that that part that part's been edited I'm out. Cutting so that, that, I'm cutting that whole other context. reference out. <laughs> There's your cold open. <laughs> so. You know, people will shrug off. There's that's what I was looking for. They'll shrug uh, off things like kids' movies, horror movies. They'll just go, ah, you know, it doesn't. Why would you want a really good movie in that genre? They're they're not meant to be good. Like it's no big deal. And and you know, I'm saying this as someone who does like to laugh at really bad horror movies. But what I'm really looking for more than anything is a really good movie. And if there's a really yeah. good horror movie, excellent. You know, that's why it's so exciting when when one really is quality. This just kind of is a really good example of that where you go, it it would be easy to lazily throw out some other copy and paste. Okay, here's a kid who's possessed. But to go like, hey, we really want to make this atmospheric. We want to get really good actors. They're not famous actors or anything, but they're great. So highly recommend it. If you love horror movies, definitely check this out. I don't know why it flew so under the radar, except it probably wasn't released in theaters. And there was definitely, (laughs) in terms of just like, having an impact there was a a moment somewhere in the movie where i was like all right the odds of me having a kid just went from zero to negative 26 (laughs) percent like there's (laughs) oh yeah and you and i were just talking the other week about how at the hospital you fear that they might bring you back some other person's kid Uh this movie is as good at capitalizing on that sort of fear so so oh okay please please anybody who likes horror movies check this one out that's that's all i really got to say on it the hole in the ground yeah that sounds good yeah kids are creepy i think it was just yesterday i was we were watching videos on youtube with my son and my daughter and my daughter just starts pointing at the screen like she lifts her hand up and points at the screen and just holds her hand there and i'm like the hell is that about (laughs) like (laughs) like it's just like she held her hand there for like 30 seconds and you're just like stop it you're you're (laughs) terrifying me (laughs) i hope just something i hope that she figures that out and that it becomes a prank that she plays on you guys yeah (laughs) i taught her and my youngest daughter how to do that thing where you pull your eyelids down towards your cheek and then you stare up so it's just like the whites of your eyes and the reds of your eyes that was a mistake because that's the scariest thing you've ever seen (laughs) but then my my youngest daughter loves to pretend she's a zombie like she'll just walk around the house going and then I'll, i'll be like too scary charlotte too scary and then i'll do it and she'll freak out and i'm like well that's just not fair (laughs) What shall we move on to, Captain Marvel or Alien Covenant? Let's talk about Captain Marvel. Okay. Yeah, I Uh, think we've reviewed this twice already. Yep. (laughs) We sure have. (laughs) So, listeners, Uh, if you want to hear this take more than once, it's out there. So, from 2019, Captain Marvel is directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. It stars Brie Larson, Samuel L. Jackson, and Ben Mendelsohn, a few other people here and there. Oh yeah, Jude Law and Annette Benning. Of course, Dijman Hanzu has to be in it, because that's the, that's the rule. I was positive for a minute that he was in that Alien Covenant movie. There's a guy who talks and he sounds like him, and I'm like, is that Dijman Hanzu? Because of course it is, but it wasn't. He wasn't in that movie. So, like you said moments ago, we have spoken about this movie many times. I think my opinion on it has changed a little bit. 
What made you want uh, to watch it again? My wife hadn't seen it. She was like, ooh, let's oh. watch Captain Marvel. Gotcha. Uh, and I was like, okay, I'll watch that. It sounds cool. So we put it on. You said your opinions it's, changed slightly. Yeah, I'd have to say it's probably gone down a yeah. little bit. First off, the movie feels like it's from 2000. I know it's only like three years ago, but it does not feel like a movie from last year. Yeah. And I know that's kind of the point of it is it's supposed to be like it's supposed to look and feel like it's from the mid 90s. But it it feels like a movie from 2015, like a post Ultron movie. Age of Ultron, a Marvel movie. It's a pretty so what, good movie. Now, what does that what does that mean? Because all the uh, you know, like stuff that came out last year was also post that. So I don't. Having not seen Age of Ultron, I don't know if I'm, I'm understanding the. I like don't really know like what Marvel's I mean. Really found its groove yet? Kind of. It, it just kind of feels a little identity less. Like it's it's mm-hmm. unsure of the tone that it wants to have. And I think again, we're we're gonna. We're, we're spoiling this and we've, I'm probably going to repeat myself from the last show, but that's the idea of the show. But like Brie Larson, I said this the other week when I watched the Kong, yeah, King Kong yeah. movie. She just, I just don't really care for her. And I think she's good in the Captain Marvel role, especially when she's being a smart ass, but she just doesn't do it very much in this movie. And, and when she does, it kind of feels forced and I know that's not Brie Larson's fault. That's the script. But when she does do the smart ass stuff, I'm like, yes, this is what I like. Give me this, this smart ass girl. Don't like most of the time she's very serious. I, I just wanted more of that. The movie's like tonal, got tonal problems. Uh, like as that, if uh, Captain Sparrow didn't uh, like Jack Sparrow didn't act weird the whole time, but just like here and there for little snippets. A little bit, yeah. yeah. I think I remember feeling a little bit that way, like in the moments where she was being really sassy, going like, oh yeah, you know, like, that's nice. It feels like we just dipped into a little bit of a different character for a moment. Yeah. It's it's a little more and, interesting when it is. And I know that she doesn't know who she is for most of this movie, and that probably plays into it, where if mm. there's a Captain Marvel sequel that I'm sure is coming, she'll probably be more of a smartass in that, because she knows who she is. Because she becomes more of a dick as the movie goes along. Uh, that could be the, the, the way they're going with it. The other thing is, I do not really... I like Samuel L. Jackson in this movie, but I, I don't at the same time. He's fine. I like the young Nick Fury character and stuff, but the stuff with him and the cat just does not work for me. Where <laughs> He's just like in love with this cat. It just doesn't work because it's never come up anywhere else that he like loves animals. And I don't know, like it's like different and cute. And But at the same time, I'm like, Nick Fury would not do this with an animal. My wife... Like I said, she had not seen this movie, so when the yeah. when the cat went all flurking, she was shocked at that. I was like, "Yeah, I've been waiting for that. That's pretty great." Because the whole time she's like, "Why do they keep calling the cat a flurking?" I'm like, "I don't know. I guess we'll find out." And so then the cat ate all those people. So that was fun. I don't I know. I want to come the back up for just- a moment to this, like the the thing you said before. Um, and I know you said you didn't quite have the words for it, but I, I, I it got me kind of curious about like the progression of marvel movies like does it feel for you like it kind of i'm gonna say slugged (laughs) in the middle (laughs) like there was like a saggy period where it wasn't quite as solid i don't know i mean a lot of those second movies weren't that great like you know iron man 2 or like thor 2 age of ultron i like age of ultron i haven't seen Um, thor 2 or age of ultron again just (laughs) 
just to admit uh, that. But I but I feel like they they get like a kind of like eh, this isn't the better movie. Thor two is just very boring. <laughs> it's just it's just it's fine. It's just so boring. <laughs> Well, you know, but something similar happened there, too, where, like, around the time, you know, Ragnarok came out, all of a sudden they're like, hey, you know what? Thor's actually a funny character. Yeah. Let's do that. Well, you know what's funny about that is there are a lot of people out there that hate Thor Ragnarok because of that. Really? And, yeah. I there's a lot of people I don't understand who, those people. <laughs> I don't either, because I feel like they finally nailed that yeah. character, where he's just, like... Like the beginning of Thor Ragnarok, where he's talking to that skeleton in the cage, and they're like, well, I guess he's just stupid because he's talking to a skeleton. I'm like, he's bored. He's got nothing to do. But yeah, there's some differing opinions on Thor Ragnarok out there that I was not aware of. I thought it was universally beloved. Oh, I thought of so course too. it's not. Yeah. It is. It is not. There's there's the divisive parties out there. Do uh, those... But Captain Marvel. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Do those people like the first and second one? I don't know. I think everyone has the same opinion about Thor 2. I think I'm the only one who says it's fine <laughs> yeah. because it's bo- because it's boring. Like it's just kind of like something you can just have on. Like if you're going to if you if you're like, "All right, this month we're going to watch all the Marvel movies." When you get to Thor 2, you can be like, "All right, I could be on the internet while this movie's on." It's just like one of those things where you're just like, "This is neat background stuff." <laughs> And Age of Ultron has its moments, too. And I like Age of Ultron much more after seeing after the Infinity War stuff, because Age of Ultron sets up a bunch of post Age of Ultron stuff that I just thought was bad storytelling in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. It was really just set up stuff. So like looking back, I was like, oh, I appreciate this a lot more now. I haven't watched it since I saw the Infinity War movies, but like looking back at it, I'm like, oh, OK. I like this. Like, thinking about it, there are a few moments where I'm like, well, that's just terrible. But the overall themes of it, I'm like, it's pretty good. And that's what Captain Marvel feels like. It's just, it feels like it's in this weird identity place where the movie came out between Infinity War and Endgame, right? Yeah. Wasn't that how the, the release yeah, happened? It was squeezed in right and before so Endgame. It's, like, I think it was yeah, still in the and, theaters when Endgame came out. Yeah, that's right. And so it just has that feeling of like, we're not entirely sure what to do with this or, or, or where we're going with it. This is going to be a, a big time character, but she's so overpowered that she's not going to be in the next movie really until the end. So here you go. Yeah. I but mean, it's, it's a fine movie. Could have it's, really just not, they could have just not had her. They could have. Like, yeah. It, it all would have felt pretty much the same. It's not like. Yeah, in Endgame, when she shows up, she does super overpowered stuff, but it feels more like they were trying to give her something to do than this is really yeah important or this couldn't work without her. She's such a big part of things. It's like if that movie fits into a place like without its own identity that much, like where it's just sort of connective tissue within the mm-hmm. Marvel string of things, it seems yeah. like <laughs> looking back on it, maybe waiting till right before the last movie. It's a little late to throw in connective tissue like that. Yeah. It's a little, it felt a little forced. 
but it's i mean it's not that i dislike the movie or 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 didn't have fun watching it it's fine it's a good action movie the fighting is pretty good the sequence at the end with the i'm just a girl that i had a problem with the first time i saw it where it just felt really heavy-handed yeah my wife jill did not have a problem with that she was like i oh, know i get it it's fine and i was like oh, i think it's really heavy-handed and she's like no it's not and i went all right well, i guess you're a lady so you can have an opinion too <laughs> but uh it didn't feel as heavy-handed watching it a second time as it did in the theater Mm -hmm. which is good but the soundtrack itself does feel a little forced like i like the soundtrack i like all the music in the soundtrack but i'm just kind of like oh yeah it's 1994 or 95 sweet i don't know where's smash mouths walking on the sun (laughs) (laughs) i guess that's all i have on this movie if you if you want us to get more into it go back to our past episodes but this this was it's fine i just don't think i liked it as much the second time as i did the first time you know what's really interesting is in spite of how much i ended up enjoying the majority of those marvel movies when you said that idea of spending a month watching all of them i just felt utter disgust (laughs) i know i want breathing room Maybe maybe 10 years from now, I'll be like, yeah, all right, cool. Let's relive that whole freaking decade. Well, you know what the one good thing about the coronavirus thing is it delayed the Black Widow movie uh-huh. to, I'm not even sure, I guess November at this point, but maybe until next year. And I think that's a great move because it just gives you more room between Endgame and Black Widow. We're like, I'm still kind of exhausted yeah. from Endgame. Yeah. And then you forget that that Far From Home Spider-Man movie came out, which wasn't very good, which I feel like I'm going to end up watching very soon again. And I'm not really looking forward to that. <laughs> Don't watch it. Uh, my wife hasn't seen it. So uh, okay. she's gonna wanna... But like, I didn't hate that movie, but it just wasn't very good. But I think that, that most of that is because it came right on the heels of Endgame. Like, I think it was like two months after Endgame that it came out. And I'm still kind of avenged out yeah. a little bit or marveled out. Well, I, so, I, I, I don't think it's only that. I think it, that, that's prob- that probably is a thing because it's nice to not be watching a ton of superhero movies for a while. But that movie just wasn't that great, too. Yeah. Although Night Monkey is still very funny. It had its moments. <laughs> All right, so I guess that's it on Captain Marvel, which brings us to franchises. Speaking of movies that weren't good, (laughs) Alien Covenant from 2017. This is directed by Ridley Scott. It stars Michael Fassbender, Michael Fassbender, Catherine Waterston, and Billy Crudup for some reason. (laughs) And, And Billy Crudup, I think, is just desperate to play Abe Lincoln in something because he looks just like him. Oh, Jussie Smollett is also in this movie, who we, we spoke about the other week. He's that guy who allegedly hired people to beat him up for hate reasons. We did reference him last we year. We were talking about yeah. his, his sister being in uh, That's right. That's Birds why of we Prey and how she's not Zoe Kravitz. Allegedly his sister. Yeah, that's true. Or did we, we, con- or did we confirm that? that? No. I don't remember. But I don't think I'd ever seen anything with him. He's terrible in this movie, but it's not his fault. It's because this was a terrible movie. <laughs> Before we get into a spo- into spoilers, this movie sucked. This this movie sucked, and it sucked so much, and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll get into spoilers now as as we go. But I think the thing I hated the most about this is that for like the first 20 minutes, I was really into it. I was like, this is cool. I am feeling this. 
and then they're they're on that planet. Here's where everything started going bad for me. It's not that they decide to go answer like this distress call or the radio call. I believe I uh, agree with Billy Crudup that they have a responsibility to answer a weird distress radio signal or investigate it, especially because it's only a couple days out of the way. Wait, isn't the and, distress signal like some music from John Denver or something though? Yeah, somebody, somebody's singing Country Road, Take Me Home. And they're like, well, we need to investigate this just to see what's going on. And the main girl, Catherine Waterston, who has the worst haircut you have ever seen. Um, I'm going to have to look this back. Is like, I don't want to do that. And he, Billy Crudup's like, well, we need to. And this planet seems perfect for us. So we're going to go check it out. So they go to this planet and they're like, up. Oh, well, we got to land right here in the middle of a hurricane. And it's at this moment the movie goes downhill so fast. Because not only do they try to land their spaceship in the middle of a hurricane, instead of one, waiting for the hurricane to go away, or landing outside of the hurricane, and then if, if you really need to be in that area, go below Instead of going through the hurricane, go where the hurricane's not and land nearby. Because when they do go through the hurricane and then they land their ship, they park 10 miles away from where they need to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get it is the, a bad haircut. They get, a, they get out of the ship and Billy Crudup's like, hey, Michael Fassbender robot, where's the distress signal come from? And Fassbender's like, oh, it's 10 miles that way. And they're like, all right, well, let's start walking. And I'm like, why don't you just get back on the ship? and move over like four or five miles you've got a spaceship use it why would you walk 10 miles in unknown terrain <laughs> in the middle of a hurricane like i was just so infuriated like immediately or i was just like this is stupid i i i'm gonna hate this movie and i did and i hated it more <laughs> and more i did like the beginning sequence with michael fassbender and guy pierce where Guy Pierce is Mr. Wayland or something, and he's invented Michael Fassbender. And I thought that that was a good sequence. I really liked Michael Fassbender overall in the movie. I didn't really like his American accent, where he talks like Clary Starling from Silence of the Lambs. Oh. I enjoyed his two separate performances. They're, they're both similar yet the unique. Part which, where he's like seducing himself with a flute or something. Yeah, that was odd. And then he makes out with himself before killing, trying to kill himself, which was weird. And then also after, after that part, when Michael Fassbender kisses Michael Fassbender and then he stabs him in the neck, I wanted him to say, because he says something like, you broke my heart or something like that. And then I wanted him to turn around and go... And you're a bad kisser. <laughs> like, just something... Like, because the movie's already terrible enough. Give me something to enjoy. And, I think that was the makeout scene. Ugh. That's what didn't work for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> didn't do it for you, huh? I honestly, I think this movie should have just been Michael Fassbender with Michael Fassbender the whole time. But we have to have this whole crew of people so that the terrible looking CGI aliens have anything to do. Because these aliens in this movie look worse than they did in Alien 3. Yeah, they... Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> you might need to go back and check out Alien 3 again. But yeah, they did... The, the CGI on some of those things is pretty bad. I felt like the actual like full-grown xenomorphs looked all right. But like the ones that were baby versions mm -hmm. or in-between creatures or whatever. Yeah, they were, yeah. They were off. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like the white-skinned xenomorphs. Like, I thought that was neat, but we don't know 
unless it's explained more in Prometheus, which I haven't seen in like eight it's, since it's it came out. Definitely not. Okay. Well, then <laughs> no, this movie nothing does is not... explained more in Prometheus. All right, because I was I looked through the trivia on IMDb for this to like get any kind of information, and it's basically just, hey, you know that scene with the drinking bird? There was a drinking bird in the first Alien movie, and I'm like, oh my god, I don't care. Just tell me, tell me why the those aliens are white, and then why how come after it like eats Billy Crudup and comes out of his chest, it's a black alien? Is it because because the alien that comes out of the mushrooms that goes in that one dude's ear and nose, those come out white, but the alien that comes out of Billy Crudup is black, and I'm like, well, what's the difference between these two things? Are these the same, or are they? It just well, this- see, this is one of the problems with Prometheus is that. In Prometheus, they were like, you know what? We're going to make like s- snake f- phallic vaginal things. And oh, you know what? We can make up whatever we want. Cool. Let's do that. Let's just keep making up stuff. But it just doesn't work. I mean, it just doesn't. Oh, yeah. No, I, it's I mean, not I'm good. fine with I'm fine with them having a whole bunch of different aliens. But but if David is the one and that's the Michael Fassbender evil robot, if he's designing these things tell me what the difference is between them because at one point he says this creature is the perfect biological weapon and i'm like one no <laughs> it's it's not this no, is not the, the perfect. perfect biological weapon is a an oversized velociraptor that you can shoot like a gun well you have to use a gun in order to aim the velociraptor Sorry, can, that way you can you've aim got like control. a gun <laughs> yeah you need it what you do is you take a gun aim it directly at your target and while you have your laser sight on your target press a button so that a dinosaur can attack it (laughs) stupid Um, michael fassbender not knowing these things and he lives in the future too so he lives in a post jurassic world fallen kingdom universe yeah so yeah i i hated this movie it's dumb there there's a decent movie in here i i think uh, and I could just be thrown off by the visuals. The visuals of this movie are fantastic, except for the xenomorphs themselves. I think they looked awful. Like the sets were cool. I like the way the ship looked and all and all this stuff. And I mean, it's a Ridley Scott movie, so it's going to look good. But man, was this not a this was not fun this was not entertaining i was complaining the whole time like well why are you doing that like at one point when the one dude who gets the alien in his ear like the spore gets in his ear or whatever and then he like gets he comes down with the coronavirus on this planet the lady who's like a scientist should be like you're not allowed on the ship you stay out here and and die we'll try and help you from out here but you cannot come on the ship like like they they get him on the ship and then the lady's like let's quarantine him but meanwhile he's been puking everywhere so you don't know that he's got an alien about to burst out of his back which was effective i thought that looked awesome until the alien showed up and then i also like later when that alien jumped out of that dude's throat that was neat the baby alien that came out of his throat that looked cool i don't even remember this stuff those were the two best parts is this the movie where the woman tells the ship to give her an abortion or was that prometheus that's Prometheus. Oh, man. I don't even remember. Yeah. And that scene has a very special place in my heart because I saw it with my 40-week pregnant wife. Ugh. And if you're unaware, 40 weeks is when the baby usually is due. And so this lady's about to give birth to an alien and gives herself a cesarean. And my wife is like, oh. And I lean over and I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't um, see this coming. I didn't think this would be in an alien. 
And it wasn't in the preview. Yeah. Also, the girl from the first movie, I don't think they got the rights to use her likeness in the sequel because David has a photograph of her and it is not the same person. Oh. And I'm like, well, how do you screw that up? That's why I was really confused. Also, I could not remember how Prometheus ends except for Charlize Theron running away from that rolling ship the wrong way. (laughs) Right. Where instead of just going to the left, she tries to outrace a ball. And then I thought that that was the end of the movie, but I don't remember how it ends. So I guess her and David end up on this, the planet with the engineers, and then they kill everything there. So I don't know. This was was terrible. This was (laughs) terrible. Poor, really poor storytelling. I, I would have enjoyed a little more story. Like, tell me what the hell is going on. Like, I feel like this was a movie for people who had read the books based on the other alien movies and they're like the only people who are going to see this are the real fans and i'm like i like alien movies i thought prometheus was okay for the most part uh this was not this was this was really bad i hated this also the the people when they get off the spaceship the first thing they start doing is smoking cigars and cigarettes on this planet that they don't know anything about they check the air quality and they're like, oh, okay, the air quality is like mostly like Earth. That means it's somewhat not like Earth. <laughs> Wear a goddamn mask, like put on your spacesuit or whatever until you're sure that there's no like b- like germs floating around the area or mushroom spores that can infect you through the ear. And then you got this one dude who smokes a cigarette and the first thing he does is he smokes a cigarette and then just throws it on the ground. I'm like, <laughs> I got this brand new planet and I'm the first person to litter on it. Take that new planet. It, enjoy my cigarette. Hated it. Hated <laughs> well, maybe that's movie. their clever way of letting you know early on people are going to make bad decisions in this movie. Yeah. That the landing in the middle of a hurricane was so dumb. And then Danny McBride is in this. He plays the, uh, he's just in it. And it's like the, the wannabe only, comic relief. I guess. He wasn't really that funny. No, which is not that much to it. It's not much for him to do. And I really like Danny McBride. And I feel like he was trying to do like a more serious role with this movie, but the movie is terrible and he doesn't have a lot to do. And he is in charge of the ship in the sky and he just keeps saying, we need to bring the ship closer to the planet so that we can get better reception. And the co-pilot is like, we can't do that. And he goes, well, we need to. And then she looks at Jesse Smollett and goes, well, I guess we should just do it then. And she gives him the authorization to do it. (laughs) It's just like... Why did you waste my time with any of this? And then the ship says something like, the closest you can be to the planet is 80 kilometers. And he goes, all right, take us to 80 kilometers. And then 10 minutes later, he goes, take us to 40 kilometers. And the ship's like, well, that'll destroy the ship. He's like, I don't care. Let's do it anyway. I'm like, what the? And then nothing happens with the ship. And then, oh man, all that. I, I think the worst part of this movie is that it's an alien movie. Is that the the alien stuff is so forced? And I think this movie is a prequel to Alien. And I guess the idea is that eventually David. David's the one who creates that planet that Ripley and Tom Skerritt find in the future and then find this species. But if by the end of this movie, the alien already exists, then what's the point? It's, this is dumb. This is dumb. 
the the xenomorph should not be in this movie. It should just be a different kind of monster that like looks vaguely familiar to this thing that we already know of. And I think people didn't like Prometheus very much and they panicked because I think this was supposed to be part of like a trilogy or something. And then they panicked and, and changed course and were like, oh, no, that's an alien. It's alien, which is why it says alien in the title, unlike Prometheus, which is just Prometheus. Yeah, I think I could be wrong, but I think this is originally supposed to be like Prometheus 2 or Prometheus subtitle. Yeah. Which I uh, didn't think was necessary either because prometheus wasn't very good either but yeah i did go see it in the theater and if you want to hear a more positive review <laughs> you can go back and check that but i know that a couple weeks after that i was like uh i think it was a couple weeks after that that wonder woman came out and i was uh-huh. like oh oh here's a movie that's actually good <laughs> so, i was like i have been very generous to movies as of late uh and, and i, <laughs> I use remember that, that specifically yeah. as an example i'm like i think i went very easy on alien covenant and hearing you say all this stuff i'm like yeah i remember having similar thoughts yeah okay it probably was awful i'm not watching it again to find out not a problem you should watch it again find nope. out <laughs> all right well i guess that's it for movies this week matt sounds true that brings us to our movie ranking list i believe it's called five on five. Oh, right that's what we called it like a Once. month ago <laughs> all right we'll start with you because i have your list open and i think you're gonna give what the hole do what what lives in the hole the hole in the ground the hole. <laughs> what, the- what is the <laughs> hole do yeah what is the hole do? We're gonna. <laughs> what, what, what does the hole say? I think you're going to give this movie a three and a half. Hmm. What do you think about the plot for Hole Do? Um, I am going to give the story or plot a four. It's simple but super super well constructed. Okay. Yeah. Acting, I am going to give a four and a half. Wow. Yeah, no, this is a this is a really good really well put together product. Pacing, dead on point two, that's gonna give four and a half. Aesthetics. I remember enjoying the the color. It's got sort of that like um exact Snyder DC kind of palette where things are like there are muted colors and then they're like saturated colors, mm-hmm. which I happen to enjoy and I think actually fit well for this movie. So yeah, actually I'm, I'm going to give the aesthetics a four and okay. the enjoyment I'm going to give a four and a half. Wow. High score. I, I'm I, seriously. This is a very, like I said, a kind of under the radar kind of thing. And I, I when you see the cover art for it, you're gonna be like, this doesn't look like anything special. This looks like any straight to streaming sort of movie, but it's really good. All right. So according to the the math here, yeah. your score comes out to be a four point three for this movie. All right, and that puts it right below Demolition Man. So this is your number four movie. Hmm. This was better than The Invisible Man to you. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not quite as excited about it as I was with The Invisible Man, but The Invisible Man did have some flaws and stuff, and I, I really couldn't find any with this. I think it is a bit of a better movie. Wow. All right. Well, it sounds cool. I think I'm going to try to find that. All right. So I saw Captain Marvel. What do you think I will give that? I am going to say a three. Plot for Captain Marvel, I'm going to give it a three. It's a pretty interesting plot. There are a few twists and turns. I knew a lot about the character going into it, so that kind of was spoiled for me because I like 
comic books, but it's not the movie's fault that it was spoiled. But from a storytelling point of view, the movie does a good job. The acting in the movie, I'm also going to give a three. It's not poor acting or, or bad acting in any way. I just, mm, I just don't like Brie Larson's face. This <laughs> is just... <laughs> pacing of this movie it does really kind of move along i'm going to give it a three and a half it doesn't really waste a lot of time i do still hate the scene where the little girl designs captain marvel's color scheme that's terrible yeah it's dumb that was a really unnecessary stupid thing we we've got to get her costume to look like it does like this at this point and this is how we're going to do it aesthetic movie looks great it's it's period piece like it really feels it's where it's supposed to be um so i'm going to give the aesthetic a four look sounds great i really enjoy the way it looks and then enjoyment of this movie i'm gonna give it a three i think when i saw it the first time i would have given it a three and a half but this time i'm gonna give it a a three so it's that uh and its final score comes out to be about a 3.3 which puts it you know real middle of the road all right matt what do you think i'm going to give alien covenant 1.5 Ooh, okay plot for this movie this is difficult because the actual plot of the movie is kind of interesting but the plot that they show us is not so <laughs> so the, the, uh, the premise is it the premise that's interesting i think so yeah or the the shell of the movie is interesting but then when you crack it open you're like oh it's just a rotten egg i'm gonna give it a one and a half for plot the acting Michael Fassbender's terrific. The main girl, despite her terrible haircut, uh, which is not her fault, although she, uh, uh, there's an internet trivia thing about her talking with Ezra Miller about the hair, because I guess those two are in the Fantastic Beast movies, and she was like, I love your hair. I want that for the Alien movie. And I was like, why would you do that? Oh, it was her idea. It is her fault. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to blame some... There's bad hair acting. Also, Michael Fassbender's hair grows in this movie, which is weird because he's a robot. Why would a robot's hair grow? Data on Star Trek doesn't need haircuts. And all robots follow the same rules. Everybody else in this movie is kind of useless. Like Billy Crudup, they try to set up. I feel like they try to set up like a backdoor Jesus movie with this, where Billy Crudup is a man of faith. And they're, they're basically pilgrims going to start a life on a new world. And the main lady has like a Jesus nail she wears around her neck but that never gets really explained and then if they are i don't want to say christian fanatics because that implies that they're extremists they just seem like people who are just trying to start a new a new life and we don't get to see any of the colonists we only spend time with the crew of the ship so a lot of wasted thoughts there where why even bring it up if it's not going to be a part of the movie so acting i'm going to give a two and most of that is michael fassbender pacing the movie gets a one sucked uh aesthetic the movie looks great except for the aliens which i'm gonna deduct points for uh i'm gonna give it a three and a half for aesthetics and then enjoyment i'm gonna give it a one and that's mostly because of the scene where the alien bursts through that guy's back and through that guy's throat (laughs) and then when the alien bursts out of that dude's back the alien is like the size of a small monkey and if I'm hanging out with you and something jumps out of your back and you're dead, I'm going to be like, oh, no, I'm going to step on this weird monkey thing. 
and just keep stepping on it until it doesn't move anymore. This lady just runs away and like grabs a knife. And then in this moment, you can really see where she's like, I'm just pretending to swing at like a tennis ball here because it's just a waste of time. And then, and then the same thing happens later where like this thing falls out of someone's body and nobody stomps it to death and they let it run away. And it's able to grow five times its size in mere moments. So stupid, stupid movie. Wow, this movie had a much higher score than I thought it would. It's a 1.8. Wow. Now I feel bad about giving it that high acting score of 2. (laughs) 1.8. That puts it in line with Bloodshot. Bloodshot was better than this movie. Yeah, I would stick by that. All right. If you would like to see our list, check out our website, thisweekinfilm.com. There you will find a link to our list on Letterboxd to keep everything looking neat and tidy for us. In addition, you can find anything you want to know about the show at the website, thisweekinfilm.com. So check that out. Matt, anything for Midwest Matt recommends this week? Yeah, I got two things. One. Oh. Fiona Apple came out with a new album, so check that out if you like Fiona Apple at all. I had the the experience of listening to the second half of it while I was out for a walk, and I was kind of like I was walking, and I was like, "Man, each song seems to really incorporate a lot of somebody playing the saw," and then I realized <laughs> it was the sound of the air going through my like earbuds every time i took a step so you know this uh, this album may have less saw than you thought <laughs> um and then i started i guess it's pretty good overall i never really listened to fiona apple so. you know with fiona apple um it it takes me a while usually to get my final feel for an album especially like the lyrics like they they seem to sink in for me over the course of years but it's off to a good start her her music's gotten progressively more experimental like so they're less melodic and more like she'll use things that are not familiar instruments so there's more like percussion than it used to be but so far i i I like this album i've only listened to it all the way through twice but i like it so far that's cool and then a couple days ago i started listening to a podcast called rosemary's ladies and it's two women it's it's more of a casual podcast i started with their older episodes so things may have changed over time but at least the like i listened to the poltergeist one last night and they kind of walk through the movie beat by beat and it's pretty chill but likable there's a, a little bit of attention they pay to like things like male gaze and they'll reference I, it seems like one of the hosts had a degree got a degree in film school so there are references to like some of the film terminologies and she'll sort of like explain them along the way like here's what this phrase means probably familiar stuff for for you familiar stuff for me but kind of nice way to revisit some of that too and it's nice to me sometimes to be able to like with the poltergeist one for instance just kind of relive the movie without watching it yeah Um, totally like around i don't know two o'clock in the morning or something i was like wait a minute did they remake poltergeist Oh yeah, they, they did. That's yeah, right. I totally forgot about that. Like it was this weird with uh, thing. Sam Rockwell's in it, right? Yeah, yeah. It just kind of like crept up from the back of my brain, where it's like, I think, I think there might have been something once where they thought about remaking the Poltergeist. Wait, they might have done that. That might have happened. I think the plot of that movie is Sam Rockwell moves into this house, and the ghost. Uh, also, he like leads the KKK. And the ghost is the ghost of an African-American person, so that does not fly. But over time, Sam Rockwell learns the error of his ways. I think he might be mixing up movies. 
I don't think that's possible. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's it. What was that show called again? Two Ladies? Rosemary's Ladies. Oh, I was close. Okay. If you would like to send us an email to tell us your thoughts and opinions or to share what movies you watch this week in film so that we can judge you on the show, <laughs> send us an email at thisweekinfilmpodcast at gmail.com. Matt, anything else for this week? Nope. It's it. a real qu- it's a real quick one, especially after last week's. I guess the final episode ended up being like an hour and a half, but for us it was much much longer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I guess if that is the end of the reel, we will see you next week in film. And remember, judge movies, not people. Don't deliberately pick a bad haircut for a movie. <laughs> see, I thought you were going to attack Brie Larson. <laughs> <laughs>